Well, welcome back to the Jeff and Jamie show powered by streaking today. We're going to talk a little bit about laughter and how it's the best medicine rewiring your anxious brain. And we've got a fantastic new thing, the app. We're going to talk a little bit about that as well. So welcome. Let's get started. Hi, Jamie. Hi, Jeff. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. You always do such a good job of leading out for us. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. You know, as we look at laughter as the best medicine, you know, why laughing is good for your health. One of the things I think we've always had in our family is witty children. Yes. I mean, just the other day, we received a text message from one of our daughters who found a frog on the path and was so excited to see this frog, she videoed it and sent it off to us. Now, that's not necessarily a joke or laughter, but it was lighthearted and yeah. fun. And this is our daughter that's studying to be a lawyer. I know, sending us a cute, a cute video of her chasing a frog as it's hopping away, being like, oh, look, there it goes again. Oh, look, it's hopping. It was... That's funny. <laughs> it was. It was great. I mean, oh, goodbye. And she said, goodbye, little frog. I'll see you later. <laughs> Off to go study for law school. So in the, the reason I wanted to talk, there was an article that came out recently, and this is from The List, Why Laughing is Great for Your Brain Health. And this is by Sam Cohen. This was uh, published just a, just a few weeks ago, but it says the famous la saying, laughter is the best medicine, is apparently grounded in scientific truth. According to healthcare experts, the Mayo Clinic speaks highly of the numerous health benefits attributed to laughing, including both short and long-term effects. Laughing at a television show, a colleague's joke, or something you find amusing online all have a positive effect on your brain health. This is because laughter, and this is a quote, enhances your intake from the study of oxygen-rich air, stimulates your heart, lungs, and muscles, and increases the endorphins that are released by your brain the Merrill Clinic. So as you read that and think about it, a question that I kind of ask myself is, as I've gone into, I have a couple of friends that are very funny and that I enjoy hanging out with. Are you thinking of the same friend yeah. I'm thinking of? Who yeah. are you thinking of? <clears throat> a couple of them that are super funny, I think. <laughs> Go ahead. Guess what's on my brain, Jamie. <laughs> I know, I what do you think? Huh? Who am I Who am I thinking of? I think Chris McChesney exactly. is hilarious. <laughs> so so Chris, McChesney, Chris McChesney, dear friend and author of The Four Disciplines of Execution, was the first time our family was introduced to him. Uh, I, we had him over for dinner. I was working for him at the time, and we had him over for dinner, and he did a Simbad routine at our dinner table that had us all that has lived in infamy in our family because that was the very first time we had met him and he was able to quote the entire thing Sinbad. with voices and hand motions it was a riot he had us laughing for at least 45 minutes to an hour yes i mean i think he talks about execution and he's phenomenal at it however he does have another calling which would be a comedian he could be a great comedian so what is your favorite or not favorite but what are some of the comedians you think of go ahead i'm never going to remember names names brian regan oh see you remember the name brian regan absolutely Had, if you haven't heard him he's so much fun um the mr smiles guy that's mm -hmm, from idaho name? <laughs> I told Mr. You Smiles from Idaho. I don't know. I mean, this is interesting because I was actually listening to a podcast the other day that and this might be a little bit of a tangent, but she was talking about actually complaining and how as American, not even Americans, but as people, we are like addicted to complaining. And she was talking about how she had read a study that said the average person complains 15 to 30 times a day. 
And um, and so that's a lot of complaining. It was a lot of complaining. Fifteen and then, to thirty <clears throat> times a day. Yeah, and so have she, you ever counted yourself complaining? So that, that's I mean, what she did. She went down and counted that day. She counted all the things that she had complained about. And what was interesting as I was listening to her podcast is probably seventy five percent of the things that she said she had complained about the day before. I'm like, oh yeah. Oh, I did that too. You're right. I, I said that about my hair. Oh, and I was irritated with that driver. And I complained. I mean, just, it was very, very relatable, sadly, extremely relatable. But in this podcast, she was talking about how a way to avoid complaining so much is to laugh more. And she was talking about different comedians and different things that, how much she appreciated humor that is one of my favorite humors are the people that are able to take the ordinary, the everyday, and see the funny in it. Absolutely. That's one of the reasons why I love Brian Regan. Yes. It's I mean, there are takes... a couple of things that he talks about and puts into a comedy routine that is absolutely hilarious because I can relate to it. Because I can relate to it. And sometimes it helps me to recognize that that thing that is very irritating, if I can tweak it just enough, it's actually kind of funny. Yeah. And, and so, so when you have, is there a time, and I don't know, I'm just thinking of this right off the top of my head, but is there a time in your life where maybe you were feeling down or a little bit blue or something like that? And you listened to, or heard someone tell a funny story, tell a funny joke. And therefore that kind of brought you out of your yes, blue area. We, really? When we first now, moved. Guys, this is impressive because I, she did not know I was going to ask this question. I didn't know I was going to so ask have, this question. I so know. You, oh, now you have two. I have two things I'm thinking of. Okay. One was when we first moved to Georgia and I was feeling pretty lonely. And the kids were all in school. And so I was double lonely because I'm like, oh, we've moved away from my people that I know. And I don't have anyone home right now. And it wasn't all day, but it was for a couple hours each day. And I would come home every day from dropping Chance off at at preschool, <clears throat> at his afternoon preschool or morning preschool, and I would grab something to eat and sit in front of the computer and watch Studio C, which is <laughs> sketch comedy. Right. Um, and just... And so, would, it, would it brighten your spirits? Yes, it just took me away from feeling blue because I would just laugh. I would wow. just have a little bit of time to laugh. That is cool. What's the second one? The second one wasn't something that I watched. It was a time in life that I appreciated that I had gotten to the place. And maybe I've talked about it before, but it was that time that Chance... I was painting all of the baseboards in our house black. I was painting our baseboards and our doors black. And it turned out really great. But I had left the black paint out and Chance got into it and spilled it all over. Three quarters of a gallon of black paint. We've talked about this on one of our other podcasts. Yes. But I was grateful that. And so I have a series of pictures from that time period. It was like this this week-long time period or maybe a two-week time period where Chance just kept doing things that I was like, you're going to kill me, kid. It started with the spilling of the paint, but the other I have this beautiful picture of him acting like he's putting lipstick on and it's actually super glue. <laughs> and, and the caption in the picture was, should I let him? Because I was feeling a little irritated at things Maybe that were Maybe I should just let him do just it. <laughs> let him have the super glue. Go ahead and smear that all over your lips and let's be done with it. So, But just being able to sometimes step back from those annoying situations and be able to laugh at Being it. Being able I to laugh at if, yourself, yeah. I wonder if laughter and frustration are, are is there a correlation there? Oh, what do you mean? Well, so I was reading, we were we had talked a little bit about at our last podcast that we were going to talk about the anxious brain and what right. you can do. And right. 
So I was studying for a little bit for that and listening to another podcast um, that had talked about the anxiety that we so often talk about anxiety. It's like, if you get really anxious, you need to go to a calm place. And, and she was saying, she goes, sometimes we do need to calm down. She goes, but sometimes your anxiety is there for a reason. You're, you're needing to be heightened awareness. And so she said, for example, the anxiety that you feel before you go on public speaking or before in front of an audience, you don't want to be all calm. You need that level of energy to be able to be in front of the audience. And so she had referenced a Harvard um, study that talked about transitioning from anxiety to excitement, that Mm. that's a very easy transition because they're very similar in the physical responses that our body produces when we are anxious and when we get excited. And so talking about handling anxiety in a way of saying, recognizing, oh, I'm feeling kind of anxious here Mm -hmm. and recognizing I can be anxious and notice all of these things that maybe are negative about my anxiety, or I can tweak it a little bit and recognize that I'm also excited. You know, your heart rate is elevated. You're, you're, you're feeling that pulse in your body. And so you transition to excitement. So I was wondering. Yeah. So here, listen to this. In addition to being great for your brain health, laughing helps reduce stress Mm -hmm. and soothes tension held in your body. Laughter stimulates blood circulation which help which helps with your stress response, which you could look at anxiety and stress are very close very cousins, close. if not the same thing. And aids in muscle relaxation. It also helps boost your mood, which improves your mental health and brain functions. Um, these are a few examples of the way in which laughing benefits you in the short term and the long term benefits are equally amazing. Laughing improves your immune system over time, thanks to the way it combat combats your stress response. According to the Mayo Clinic, Positive thoughts can actually release neuropeptides that help fight stress and potentially more serious illnesses. So the more you laugh, the more you fight stress and boost your immune system in the process. Humor and laughter also help you cope with difficult situations more easily, Mm -hmm. which improves your mental health in the long run as you'll feel more prepared to tackle whatever life throws at you. So as I as I look at that, and as you talk about, and we'll get into anxious brain here in just a second, where my mind goes to is you have always said that we have a lot of what's out there, mm-hmm. what we need to do. Well, we need to laugh more. Right. And the what is something that I think we can beat ourselves with like a whip. I'm going to what myself to death because it's all the what's I need to do, but I don't know how to do them. Which is why we talk about this show and many other things being powered by streaking. Because streaking now gives you the opportunity to actually operationalize or activate the what's into the hows. As I look at, for example, laughter is a great medicine for your brain. If I find myself that I want to be a person that has more laughter in my life, then what are the streaks that I'm going to do in order to encourage that? And my streak may be to read at least one joke a day. That would be a fun streak. 
I, I like that streak to find one joke a day. And read it. And read that joke. Just read one. Just read one joke I mean, joke you could see it. And the beautiful thing about our information age is you could type it into your phone and say, and or even say now, either Alexa or Siri or whoever. Can you say that? Alexa, tell me a joke. Yes. <laughs> That's and great. It will happen. Yeah. Siri, tell me a joke. I'm yeah. sure our watches are going off right now. But that is, I mean, why not? I mean, that's that's maybe something that you can do. Another one that I, I was on uh, LinkedIn the other day and saw this great post from, oh, and I, I wish I had her name right off the top of my head, but um, she basically in the post said, smile as if you already got the job. You mm. already got the promotion. You already um, won the grant. And she's saying smile as if you already had these things. And I thought, that is another way to promote happiness and akin to laughter is a smile where you can have that in your life. And Could you I, do that as a streak every day? Have a streak to, just a streak to smile as if, and then you can fill in the blank for that day. Right. I think so. I think you could too. I think it's laughably simple. I mean, isn't that interesting yeah. that the first law of streaking is make, make it, it laughably, laughably simple. simple. And where did that even come from? It was because we were up in front of a group, in, uh, in front of a professional group, and we were talking about streaking, and I had put up there, write at least one sentence daily, and someone laughed out loud. Yep. And we thought to ourselves, you know what? That's the first law of streaking is to make it laughably simple. And I think the reason why is because when you are looking at yourself, sometimes we take ourselves way too seriously. That's what I was going to say too. Yeah. There, there's a lot of serious things in life, and there are many things that can go awry. Mm -hmm. However, we can choose how we're going to approach those things. And if I have as a streak, something that is consciously on my mind at smile, at least once daily or smile as if, and like you said, fill in the blank. And I have that as a streak and I record it. I think that would change my outlook on life. If I was a dour person, mm -hmm. I think it would change. I love this because I love, I love, and I'm using that word. You say, sometimes I say that too much. You say I love this. I love this. This time I'm actually meaning it. I really love this. That law number one is make it laughably simple. And we're talking about how laughter can help you relax a little bit about things, how it helps your health be better, how it helps you be able to not take things quite so seriously. And this is great. This is what streaking does is it brings you it. So first of all, it brings us to the it brings it to the conscious level where, where you're consciously looking at things. And I think that's part of what they're doing with this with laughter sometimes is that Things can get heavy and life can get heavy and life can get stressful. And sometimes the things really are heavy and sometimes we're just in a place where we've gotten heavy. Do you know what I mean? I do. Where sometimes, yeah, you're really dealing with heavy situations. And then other times you've just gotten in this place where you just feel heavy. Maybe mm -hmm. the situation isn't so heavy, but you just feel heavy. I think like what you said, where complaining is somewhat addictive. Yes. I think you can get addiction into heaviness. I agree. You know, where I just want... where. I'm dour all the time. I'm frowning all the time. I'm not feeling good about my life or anything about it. And why? It may not be anything on the outside, even though there may be some circumstance that triggered it a while ago. It's nothing now. And so how then do I, and this is another principle in streaking, displace those less valuable emotions with something that's more valuable? That's And, and as I look at streaking, the whole idea of displacing the emotions that are not serving me well mm -hmm. with emotions and actions that will serve me well and that are valuable that becomes very attractive i look at like kids that are in situations where they may not that are not the best type of situations right a lot of kids survive that by how 
by finding something that they can play with or laugh about or mm-hmm. do something in order to relieve their stress. And they go to that almost naturally. Naturally, You're right. Children do. Children find a way to laugh even in the midst of things. I mean, you can be at a very somber funeral and children can children still be find, running around and laughing. Yeah. can still and, <laughs> and I think sometimes we think we need to teach them to act appropriately, but on the same note, maybe they need their, maybe we need to learn something maybe we from need them. To learn something from them to lighten up a little bit. So sometimes. here's the last paragraph in this researchers in the field of psychology have indicated that laughing allows positive emotions to flourish, which builds your resiliency and increases your creative thinking. Okay, read that again. Sorry. No One problem. More time. Researchers in the field of psychology have indicated that laughing allows positive emotions to flourish, which builds your resiliency and increases your creative thinking. Okay. This helps you to feel more empowered to tackle your problems, including those that occur in both your personal and professional life. Plus, researchers found that laughter improves the work environment which is hugely important since you spend a good portion of your time at work each week, each week, who knew laughing could do all of that. And again, this is a, a article right out of uh, the list. Uh, I think that's a, it's either a blog or. But it's a recent article, August yeah. of 2021. Uh-huh. And that's Sam Cohen. So as just as I look at what we were talking about, the positive impact of laughing and a smiling, I have to tell everyone something. All right. I had one of my bucket list items checked off yesterday. One of my heroes, as you know, is Iliad Kipchoge. You say you that have name to tell slow. Who, yeah, Iliad, Iliad Kipchoge. Kipchoge. Do you know how many months I had to work on that name? I kept doing Chipkoge. Right. Or I would, in, in Iliad I, Kipchoge. Kipchoge. I was first introduced to Iliad Kipchoge in 2017 when... And when I say introduced, I didn't meet him or anything. I was just introduced to him. My brother had shown me a documentary that Nike was trying to encourage elite runners to break the two-hour barrier in the marathon. And this is where I was first introduced to Iliad Kipchoge. And I started to follow his career. Now, if you know who I'm talking about, you have watched the Olympics because he won back-to-back gold medals in the Olympics. He won in the Olympics before the Olympics we just had and the Olympics we had just now. Okay. He won back-to-back gold medals. In he, the marathon? In the mar- okay. Yeah, running the marathon. That was, And his life story is absolutely phenomenal. Now, there's a reason why I'm telling you this story in relation to why laughing is so great. He, yesterday... I was, um, we were, we had our Franklin Covey national kickoff of our year just started. We have a, a, a fiscal year and it just started in September. He was our keynote speaker. And what is great about online right now is you don't sit in a great big ballroom and see this little figure up on the stage from behind. He was right here in the office with me. It feels that way, huh? You feel oh, like you could ask him questions. Exactly. You're like, oh, it was right all I could there. do, Jamie. It was all I could do to not come off of mute and just gush for a while. You're <laughs> just like, I just, uh, Iliad, you're I just wanted to say a few words. Well, just, I'm going to interrupt. You know what I mean? Because you could do that mm-hmm. online and everyone will hear you. Now, I didn't want to do that because there was, there was close to a thousand people online listening to him. And it was absolutely phenomenal. But here's the reason why I love Iliad Kipchoge. There was a reporter that was once interviewing him and he kind of brought this up yesterday as he was talking to us, but there was a reporter that was talking to Iliad Kipchoge and asked him why, or, or not not why, but 
said, I noticed that you smile at some points in the race of this marathon. Why do you smile? His answer, I smile when the pain is the worst because I figure if I can smile through it, I can make it. Wow. He, he also, so he referenced yesterday, he said, the, the smile, or excuse me, not the smile, but pain, as you look at pain, because he said, you're going to have pain in life, no matter what, you will always have pain. And he said, I choose to look at pain as weakness leaving my body. Mm-hmm. And we've all heard that before, but to see his smile as he says it, it's a genuine soul deep smile that you know emanates from something way within him. And so I look at, you know, we all have different types of pain in our life at any point. Some of it very significant and straight to the heart. Other of it somewhat superficial. Mm -hmm. But if we can smile through the pain, in other words, when the pain is the worst, we choose to smile. Look at all the benefits that we just read. Everything that we just talked about becomes your power. And therefore, if you have a streak to smile at least once daily, that can be so empowering when life has got you down and is not where you want it to be. I think that as you were talking, first of all, I loved the story of Ili Kipchoge and I loved watching the documentary and his amazing accomplishment that you know is one, it's obviously a physical accomplishment, but anyone that has run knows that it's also a huge mental accomplishment. Oh yeah, by the way, we didn't say, he broke the two hour barrier. He, he ran four it. hours, or excuse me, two, two hours, hours, one hour, 59, 59 minutes, minutes, 40 seconds. The, the four came from, he had to run a pace of four minutes, 35 seconds or better per mile. Per mile. That's huge. It's it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. I mean, if you've amazing. ever gone out, go out around the track and run around it once. You have to run that lap at less than 70 seconds. And then thinking of stringing, I don't know how many we did. What was it? 84 for 20. So whatever it is for 26. You have to run a lot of laps around the... At less and, than and, 70 seconds per lap. And his, his, his ability to be able to maintain that pace when you're at the end... That's the other thing is that he, <laughs> True. when I watched that documentary, he ran the same pace, basically the full 26 mile. It's extraordinary. It truly is extraordinary. So I love the credibility that he has to be able to say, when it hurts, I'm smiling. First of all, I appreciate that he recognized that I appreciate that he hurts. <laughs> Makes you know he's <laughs> he at does. least human. Yeah. I don't know. He's superhuman. <laughs> he's, and, I, and, I don't know if he is human, but he but is he's, he's he's some type of human being that has phenomenal stamina in his legs, lungs, and whole being. But the mental capacity to be able to choose to say, I'm going to smile through this, or what we just talked about, smile as if. And the the idea that so I was gonna ask like can streaking help us practice with this? Like, do, do you think he had to practice smiling to get better at it? Because you said it's a genuine smile. I'm like, I wonder if when he first started, was his smile genuine? Or or was he, you know, f- fake it till you make it kind of thing? What I believe is that, yes, I think that at first it may be not as soul deep as it eventually gets. It takes a while to build, to build it in. I also think, and he said this yesterday when he was speaking, he said, it is a conscious choice. It's not something that happens automatically. He consciously Consciously chooses chooses to do it. And that is what we have always talked about as far as the streaking methodology 
is it something that you consciously choose to do? It never becomes automatic. And that becomes deceptive if you think that it does. In other words, you go to Iliad Kipchoge and say, well, you just smile all the time. That's who you are. Yeah, it just comes naturally to you. He will tell you, no, No. I choose to. I choose to discipline my life. I choose to get up at 5 a.m. I choose to run 120 miles a week. I choose to do these things. He is not in the habit of doing these things. It is a conscious choice. Okay, so one of the proud moments. One of the things that we have going on when a speaker is, is talking to us especially over Zoom, which is absolutely phenomenal. The technology to have him, he was speaking to us from uh, Kenya or Nigeria, really? one of the two. Yeah, he was Kenya or Nigeria, seven in, seven in the evening and we were in the morning. Okay. And we were all tech, we were all chatting, uh, typing in chat our bar. chats on the chat bar. And it was just a fun moment. One of the, one of the chats came up to me specifically of these thousand people uh, from a person, his name's Justin. And Justin chatted in, Sounds to me like Iliad knows how to streak or Iliad knows streaking. That's awesome. And I said, absolutely. I mean, he's one he's of the He's the best. master streaker. <laughs> he he's the people that we study. He is. To learn to, what do they do that that works? What right. is it that they're doing that works? Right. Do you see the thread? I, I My mind is being blown by this thread of laughing, this thread of Laughter is the best medicine. In other words, there's there's a, a, a real physical benefit to laughing. Two, that laughter um, helps lighten things so you see better perspective. You're able to be less uh, knee-jerk reaction to things and it opens up your ability to be more creative and to solve problems. And then Iliad Kipchoge using laughter to fight pain and, and saying it is a conscious choice. All of this coming to law number one being laughably simple. I don't think that that's a coincidence that the name, that the way that we describe law number one is laughably simple, that even in the methodology, we're recognizing that this is a benefit, that that if you want to be consistent, you have to be simple. You have to be laughably simple. And in that moment, that there's going to be times that you're going to feel like, this isn't making a difference or it's not enough. And or you can you're just, laughing at yourself you because it's so it. simple. Yes, yes, just laugh at it and keep going. Laugh at it and be like, yep, this is laughably simple and that's what I'm going to do. I, because the laughter, even just the laughter part of it is beneficial to what you're doing. That to me is just mind-blowing, the string that's just weaving through this whole, this whole thing. I love it. I agree. And mind-blowing for me too. That's why you heard me pause just a little bit because... When we see law number one, make it laughably simple, I also think keep it laughably simple. Yes. In the moments when he feels the highest pain, what does he do? Something very Very simple. simple. Smile. Smile. It may be the hardest thing in the world in Mm. a sense, but it is simple to do. I'm just going to smile. And he has this beautiful white smile. Such a good point. It's totally within his control. Mm -hmm. He He doesn't have to run faster. He doesn't have to, he just, just smile through it. And all of that communicates a whole bunch of things to him. Right. So I'm thinking of an article that I recently published that had um, Danny, one of our streakers, talks about the, what I call the growth ladder. And the growth ladder is you have streaks and the rungs, each rung represents a yeah, goal. Yeah, you think a of a ladder. Goal. Yeah, think of a ladder. Mm-hmm. And the, the rails on the side are, they're called stringers represent the streaks that I have in my life and the rungs, each rung 
equals a different goal. Mm -hmm. Okay. A singular goal. It's a, a discrete goal. goal. It's not several goals on one rung. It's one goal. The reason I bring it up is I think of Iliad Kipchoge. He has streaks or the rails or the stringers that he has in his life. And what are those? It's his consistent training program. He talked about his family yesterday as a wife and three children and how, how a significant support they are and that he couldn't do any of this without them. And he talks about um, keeping in touch with them and ensuring that he's a dad to them. Mm -hmm. You know, um, one of the questions that was asked yesterday of him was, you know, how do your kids see you? And he says, they see me as a dad. I mean, they don't understand his world-renowned prominence and that he is the absolute goat, greatest yes. of all time marathon runner that ever has been. To him, it's dad. But I look at those, so those areas of his life for personal, professional, uh, physical, and spiritual, all those things have streaks, things that he does consistently. He talked about the consistency that he has in his lives. And then those support the goal, or, you know, if you're climbing up, you climb up one rung at a time, mm -hmm. each one being a goal, the goal that he had of breaking the two hour barrier. Which it took more than one time. Absolutely. It took him two, <clears throat> 2017. He missed it by 25 seconds. Can you believe that? And then came back and beat it by 20 seconds. He, he improved two seconds per mile over that time. Now, two seconds sounds extremely simple. Yeah, but when you're running at four minutes, 35 seconds. And you're able to maintain and take off two seconds off of that pace for the entire 26. Right. So what he did is, and what he does in his life is he has streaks, things that he does consistently. And that then allows him to put some focus on a singular goal at a time to accomplish something, win the uh you know well he's the he's the world record holder too the world record holder he got that at the berlin mm -hmm. uh, marathon uh to win the uh gold medal at what where were we um was it japan that the most recent olympics were how come that slipped my mind i don't know but it was some it was hong yes. kong japan china i don't know it was one of those sorry we're so <laughs> bad. Bad. I should. where was the olympics people are going to be like do we even want to listen even... to these people I it's mean, they 2021 don't even know they... <laughs> of course we all know it was there <laughs> of course we know it's where it was 2021 covid brain that's what we have <laughs> but the, the thing is so you were saying he's won the olympics he's won the i i enjoy this um visual of the ladder a lot um because i tokyo Tokyo, Japan. Japan. You were Thank right. You. Good job. <laughs> I knew it. I'm laughing. See, I'm laughing at myself. See? Don't it take helps. it so serious. Laugh. But but with Iliad, it's he has streaks and he'll keep those streaks all of his life. I agree. Even when he's not even when he's but not setting goal, records anymore. The accomplishment, the one goal of winning the Tokyo Olympics, the marathon in the Tokyo, that's a singular event. And the reason I bring all this up is because of something you said. Danny in this article said, I'm convinced that streaks are something that are purely in your control, whereas goals have a little bit of risk or may have a lot of risk. So to your point, Iliad can choose to smile mm -hmm. in the moment when pain is the greatest. That's totally you within his You can choose to smile in the moments where pain is the greatest, and that pain may be outside your control. One more Iliad story. One of the Olympic, one of the not Olympics, but one of the marathons he was running. Within the first few miles, the insole of his shoe slipped out. 
So the insole is the part of the shoe that protects your foot from like the lacing and the glue and the things like that that hold the sole on. Right. Well, it slipped out. And he said, he told this story. He said, and when it slipped out, he thought to himself, well, I've been training for five months for this marathon and serious training. I mean, he's obviously right, a runner right. all the time, but serious training for this month for with this marathon. And I, th- I will trust in my training. And so he started to smile. He just is like, I'll trust in my training. Well, the insole being slipped out and never being put back in, he didn't stop to put it back in or anything because he, f- he wanted to keep the pace. He won the marathon. And when he took his shoe off, his foot was all bloody. Oh, wow. I mean, it was hugely, not quite mangled, but bloody from right the, from running on running it. on basically just laces and glue. Yeah. And he said, I knew I trusted in my training and he chose to smile through it. He consciously chose something that he had control over. I don't have control over the insole slipping out of my foot. Now, I know in my life, there are times where I'm like, I've got, this is annoying me to no end. I need to stop what I'm doing and fix this. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think that what he was communicating and what he was saying is that we have a choice. We can consciously choose. And I think that's what streaking, underlying all of streaking is this idea that you consciously choose who you want to be on a daily basis by doing things consistently, by choosing, consciously choosing to do those things that will make you into that person you want to be. I also noticed that he became independent of the circumstances around him, who he wanted to be. He was looking at saying, I'm going to trust in the training that I've done. I'm going to do what I know I need to do when things get tough, which for him is I'm going to smile. And the circumstance around that he didn't have control over didn't control him. And and I think that's something that can be learned, that we can learn that we can be who we want to be in all of these circumstances. As you were talking earlier, I was thinking of the Viktor Frankl's book, Man's Search for Meaning. And that has always been the biggest takeaway for me from that book is that no matter, and and anybody that hasn't read the book, it's World War II um, and he's in a concentration camp and has everything taken away from him. And the takeaway for me from that book was that he learned that people can take everything away from you except how you choose to handle things. You always have the ability to choose how you're going to respond. And that's the same thing that Iliad Kipchoge is saying is that in every situation, whatever the circumstance is, I have the ability to choose, the control to choose how I'm going to respond to that. That's within my control. That's within my ability to consciously decide. Which I think plays into what we were going to talk about as far as rewiring your anxious brain so beautifully. It's what you mentioned before. And as you look at if I'm really anxious all the time, you still have the power to you choose. You have the you power can make, to choose. You have that. And the, 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 what you have is the power to choose that in streaking. Because now what you choose to do is choose to do something daily or weekly on a consistent consecutive basis that then allows you to rewire the anxious brain. There's a lot of reasons as to why we have anxious brains. I mean, fight or flight. There's a lot of things to be anxious about right now in our world. I think, yeah. You know what? You bring up a great point. There's There's a a lot lot of of things that we could be anxious about. And very, very few of them do we have any control over. I mean, honestly, when you look at the, the circumstance of it. I agree. And so they have this really fancy way of saying cognitive behavioral therapy, which is basically just saying you have the ability 
to think differently. Right. You don't have to. I love this. A, a dance teacher once told my daughter, you can feel something, but you don't have to be that emotion. You can just feel it, but it doesn't mean that you're that. So you can feel kind of, angry, that, but you that, don't have to be angry. Hold on. Let's pause on that for just a second because that's pretty profound. I know that I am a person that is highly emotional. And oftentimes I will allow, and I say that, no, let me say it a different way. I feel like the emotions control me. Yes. And you just said that something that I hadn't thought about before, because I, I was there when, when Lily told us this. Mm-hmm. But I hadn't thought about it in the context that you just put it, which is I don't have to become that emotion. Exactly. I don't have to become that emotion. Same thing. Cognitive behavioral therapy. Iliad Kipchoge. All of it. um, Viktor Frankl. They're all teaching us the same thing. You have the ability to consciously decide who you want to be. And we feel strongly that streaking is the how. You can set streaks that that are the how to all of your what's. Yeah. I need to laugh more. I need to do this more. I'm just how? sitting here kind of, yeah, I'm just kind of sitting here geeking out a little bit about what it is you're saying because I just think about, and in this particular article, you know, rewire your anxious brain, which unfortunately don't have a lot of time to get into, but I think we've talked a lot we've about it. We've talked a lot about it, to be honest. You know, here's just a couple of things. Switch on your inner calm. Set a streak to breathe at mm-hmm. least five times, five deep breaths daily. Get grounded. Don't a, take things so seriously. Right. Don't take the, set a streak set a to streak. find a la- find something to laugh about or to laugh at something, whatever that may be. Visualize your anxiety floating away. I've done Another this one. one before. They talk about picturing your anxiety being helium balloons and you just let them go. Let them go. Just let it go. And wouldn't Sing that the be, song. But again, you can set a streak to one time a day. I'm going to allow one thing to float I'm away. I'm going to visualize letting go of one of my things yep. that I'm worried this about. This is great. Yep. Avoid Googleitis. This is people that look up their symptoms and think that they have them all. Yes. And I've done that. I have too. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all have. It's a Google thing. Be your own pragmatic cheerleader. Examine the evidence. Call out your inner critic. Call out your, or excuse me, identify the problem versus the possible. Embrace the gray area. Remember that f- the that the feeling will pass. That's one of the things I think that, you know, as a streak, you sit down and you just say, you know what? And this too shall pass. As we talk about streaking, and the three laws of streaking. So apropos that law number one is make it laughably simple. The second law, no record, no streak, is critical because it then gives you that inner credibility and that opportunity to say, you know what? I've been doing this. I have the discipline. I am doing the work. Yes, I'm baby-stepping, Dr. Marvin. <laughs> and when you've added up those baby steps, you you start to be like, look, I've come a long way, farther I've than I thought. I've come a long way, baby. <laughs> And finally, creating a community, which, again, I I want to talk about this more next time because we're running out of time. The app. The new app and what's coming up with it. So we've got our current app that's out there, which is great to keep track of your streaks and keep things going. But the next level, the community aspect, we are looking for beta testers for the new app. We'd love to invite you to try it out. If you're already on the streaking app, if you're listening to us and you want to try it out, We'll leave a link in the description of the podcast so that you can click on that, fill out a little Google form that will allow us to put you on as a beta tester. We're looking to get three to 400 beta testers and um, the spots are going fast. So please sign up quickly 
it's it's going to be the next level of the streaking app. It is it is the social media outlet for professional and personal development. That's that's what it will be. It's going to be great and inspiring. I've yeah. already set a new streak as we've been alpha testing it. I set a new streak based solely on the fact of being inspired by people in the community. That is awesome. And we'll learn what that new streak is, yes, when we get to our next yep. podcast. Oh, you're going to share it with us. Okay. You might. might. She just gave me the might. I might mm-hmm. share it with you. Well, until next time, if you have any questions or if you have a funny joke to tell us, please email us at Jeffrey, J-E-F-F-E-R-Y at streakingmastery.com or Jamie, J-A-M-I at streakingmastery.com. Click on the link in this to be a beta tester. Follow us on Instagram or Facebook or come visit the website and read um, some great blogs. Absolutely. Well, until we talk again, you know the drill. Keep streaking. It's a little